Oh, hey there, folks. You're listening to another bonus episode of Service from Hell. And this was both a listener letter and general conversation that I've had with a lot of people about this particular issue. And so I just thought, well, let's talk about it on the podcast. So let's eat. You can check in the show notes for direct links for all the things that I am bringing up right now. But to summarize, so there was a, there's a gentleman named Grant Wise, and he's a real estate marketing guy. He owns some company that helps real estate agents market their, I guess, jobs, or I don't even know what their services is probably the better word on Facebook. And he started something, he and his wife, I guess, started something called the $100 Dinner Club, where every person that's part of this club, I don't know how often they do it a year. I tried to find information on it and couldn't, but basically everybody who's a member of this club agrees to give $100 towards a tip, no matter what their bill is. And even if they can't make the dining experience on the particular night that the club goes out to meet, And so doing the math quickly, if 10 people are in the club, they tip $100 each. That's that's a grand. And that's pretty dope. So this particular night, there were 32 people there. And the math doesn't totally math. And you'll see why when I tell you what the total was. But regardless, everybody tipped $100 or more. And so the their server was 35-year-old Ryan Brandt, who had worked at this Arkansas restaurant for several, I think a handful of years. And I'm not going to say the name of it. You can find it everywhere. It's since been printed, blah, blah, blah. I just don't want the headache. But I will link to the article and you'll be able to find the name of it. Anyway, so Wise and his dinner club members picked her restaurant in particular, and they made sure that they called ahead of time and stated that not only that they wanted Ryan as their server because she had taken care of them before, but also he wanted on record that their tipping policy be clarified, which I think is a smart move on his part to call ahead of time and get everything very clear because clarity is the way to avoid a lot of drama. Now, the restaurant has since come out and denied that he called ahead of time, but he has insisted to all outlets that have spoken to him that he definitely did, in fact, do that. So anyway, that evening, more than Ryan just took care of that table, but the table tip total was $4,400. So you can see why I said the math isn't exactly mathing because 32 people should be 3,200. Anyway, so on this particular evening, Wise came, this was in December of 2021. So Wise came back in gave it to her and he knew that that tip was going to be split between herself and then the other servers that took care of the table. But, uh, it was a party of 32. And the thing that isn't clear in this article and that I haven't been able to find anywhere was whether or not this actually led to a restaurant buyout, because I know sometimes for dinner parties like this, even if they don't require every single table at the restaurant to be occupied by their party, they you can do a restaurant buyout so that you're just not bothered like the holiday parties and things often do this but if you don't want anybody else in the restaurant that's the way to guarantee it and usually if it is a buyout the tip and all of the uh, sort of baseline costs are handled ahead of time and so my assumption is that this was not a buyout because he called ahead of time solely about the tipping policy is how it was presented who knows what's true Anyway, so it seems as though the rest of the tables and the rest of the restaurant was open. And for a restaurant to only have seating for 32 isn't totally uncommon, like less than 50 isn't uncommon. But I can't imagine that if this is a based on the name and based on the description, I can't imagine that 32 
was a full buyout unless they wanted it to be, which would have meant a baseline cost where the gratuity would have actually been included. Usually that's how it goes for a buyout. And then you can tip on top of that. So this situation escalates, as I'm sure you can imagine, because per the Washington Post, where I originally read this article and what people have referred to when they emailed in, was that the restaurant, and I quote, said, after getting the tip, or this is actually the qu- a quote from the Post article, after getting the tip, however, Brandt said her manager told her that she and the other servers who worked the party couldn't keep all of it. Instead, they would have to split it amongst the bartenders, cooks, and food runners, something that had never happened before, Brandt said. Normally, 7% of a server's food and beverage sales at this restaurant are automatically deducted from their paychecks to pay those people while tips are left untouched. Her lawyer, Bill Horton told the Washington post. So that night or whenever the next day or whatever, Ryan did actually surrender her tip, but in what I would call a pretty gangster move, she did reach out to Grant Wise directly to explain what happened and said that she didn't actually get to keep the entire tip And he was obviously a little incensed. And so he called the restaurant and he's like, yo, what's up? I called ahead of time. This was clarified to me that this was not the case. What's up? And so as you can already predict, the PR nightmare of this situation has begun. And they're saying in a statement that this isn't the actual restaurant policy for large parties, that the or or that uh, that the tips are always divided up amongst all of the staff. Which, like I said up top, for the record, I could see that if it were a buyout. And food runners in every restaurant I've ever worked at, ever, food runners get tipped based off of either your sales or your tips. And bartenders, I've always had to tip out when I wasn't bartending. And cooks is this new thing that they're doing (laughs) out here in LA. And clearly, they're apparently doing it in Arkansas, too. And... I have a lot of opinions about that. I'll get there when I finish summarizing. Anyway, so when Wise told them that he intended for that money, I guess, to just go to the servers, because he called after she reached out to him, they said no problem, allegedly. And then they honored it and gave the, so gave her, uh, Ryan, and then whomever else was waiting on the table, the 4,400 back. And then allegedly gave the rest of the staff $7,000 because they the party was such a big group and they thought that they had worked hard, blah, blah, blah. It, it, but again, who knows? Anyway, so they decided to fire Ryan because they said that she shouldn't have disclosed to the patron the policy or what happened after the patron had left. And then the owners have been contacted directly about why she was fired and they w- refused to comment publicly but I mean, and this is this is fact checkable. Their their lawyers sent her a cease and desist, and they said that she was to stop discussing it because she had irreparably damaged the restaurant's reputation, and they were they're just none too pleased. But I guess a ton of people did do the Yelp bombing thing and the Google review thing, and it was a shitload of one stars. And you know, you shouldn't really be allowed to do that if you haven't eaten at the restaurant. I do think it's really unfair that a restaurant in Arkansas can be getting reviewed by somebody in Florida who's never been there before. I don't know. That just feels it feels dishonest. Whatever. I mean, online reviews, restaurants and places are buying good reviews anyway. But it just I don't know. It feels gross. So. 
they sent her a C and D because they were saying you've you know you've done this to our business and we're really upset and people aren't coming in anymore. Anyway, so a GoFundMe was created for her. And as of the time of recording this, which is on Friday, January twenty something, twenty first of twenty twenty two, it was up to nineteen thousand dollars. So, goddamn. The message is we all just need to start smearing the restaurants we work at, apparently, or get some dinner club to come through or find out where Grant Wise is off to next if he is not going to stay in Arkansas or whatever. If this dining club exists elsewhere, let me know. And so anyway, so all of that to say, a lot of people have brought this up to me since this happened and have written into the podcast asking about, because I go on and on about tipping, but I've also said in my episode, which will eventually air, I do talk about how the last straw for me at one of my jobs was when the boss came and said, now you're tipping out the cooks. And that meant every shift. So 40, almost 50% of our tips were going back to the house in some way, shape or form. And I was incensed. And that's not to say that cooking isn't a hard job. And I've gone on and on about it. In other episodes, you can hear me talk about it. And I won't make our loyal listeners revisit that conversation. But I'm not denigrating how hard that job is. However, I think it's exploiting the labor that servers are doing for us to be made responsible for paying your cooks. I think it's not, it's it's really unfair because I think cooks should be paid well and they should be paid a living wage. It's a very, very hard job. But it is not the server's responsibility to cover your inability or unwillingness to pay them what is a livable wage. So when I was emailed about this and when I've been asked about this, the general question is, how would you have handled it and or do you think it was fair? And the one email was just like, in general, do you think the situation is fair? And so to answer that generally, a tip is a gift. And so do I think that it was fair that they took her tip from her and decided how it should be divvied up when that was not normal policy? Not only do I not think that that's fair, I feel like her lawyer would have a good case for you just changed a policy about money that was handed directly to her in a setting in which you restaurant owner have created. Yes, society has created this. But unless you put a sign out in front of your restaurant that says our employees are paid a living wage, therefore, there's no need to feel obligated to tip them. Short of doing that, you restaurant owners have created a situation in which, especially in the Midwest, where they are still making $2.13 an hour for their time, you are saying that to trade their time and make your business money the actual source of income that will supply their lives are our tips and tipping is a gamble. And because tipping to, or I should say rather living on tips is essentially gambling. This is called hitting the jackpot. This is hitting it big. You gambled, you had a really great night. You should be able to walk away with that. Now I will say there, if you tip over a certain amount of money uh, in an evening, I mean, it's obviously flagged. And also tips are, are taxed very differently than a normal wage would be, but you don't really feel the hits of it that much when your checks aren't going to be that high anyway, and it comes out of your base pay. But on something like this, 
she's not going to have made enough, I guarantee you, per hour to cover the taxes on that because I think it's taxed at like 40 something percent. So she would see, I don't know, like 2,800 of that. I'm so bad at math. No, more than that. She would see 32. I don't know how much she would see. 32-ish, 33 of that. So it's going to get taxed to hell. But this is where, where I get frustrated and what I feel like is not the justice in this situation is the fact that because it is, it's essentially like playing slots and do 99.9% of people who are just hitting the button or pulling the, the handle and getting, trying to win. Do I think that they're, you know, having a good time or that they're going to win? No. Do I think essentially because getting tips is gambling, 99.9% of people playing the slots aren't ever going to get more than maybe $5 after they put in, you know, a hundred or whatever, but it's for that 0.00001% of the time that you get something like this happening. And clearly it happens so rarely that it makes the national news because it may not have even made, it, I think it still would have made the news as a kind gesture if, somehow it leaked that some server got $4,400 from the diners club. And the jaded part of me is like, of course, Grant Wise probably called the <laughs> local newspaper himself and said, can you believe this diners club exists and does these wonderful things? By the way, I have a company that works in marketing. So I'm kind of good at this stuff. That's the jaded part of me. But realistically, just in a general sense for serving or any tipped position, we're gambling every single shift we go to work every single shift because otherwise it, i mean seven dollars and 25 cents an hour i believe is the federal minimum wage as of the time of this recording you can't live on that so that's why people are working seven jobs or we can talk about the labor shortage at another time i have gone off about it in previous episodes uh, just shut up and work is the episode where i went real crazy and did a lot of research and got real mad but all of that to say this is a gamble and she hit the jackpot. So I do, I think it's fair that the restaurant then got to decide how the jackpot was dispersed. No, I don't. I do think it would have been fair for her to what I think would have been the right move. If it were me would have been, okay, servers, everybody, we're going to split this. Say there were three, four servers. Cause I don't want to do the math. So each of us gets $1,100 because the four of us waited on this table. And for 32 people four four servers feels about right. And so she could have said, okay, cool. We hit the lotto tonight, so we don't normally tip the cooks. So let's all go back there and each give them a hundred dollars. So that'd be $400 back to the cooks. The runners busted their ass or whatever. Let's give them a hundred. Like it would have been a really generous, nice gesture to do those things on her own volition of her own volition and also for how spiteful and vindictive cooks and, and runners can be i would say it'd be a smart move for the culture so that she wouldn't have to have her tickets sat on for every night going forward when they found out how much she did make and didn't give them a dime of because that would have been in my opinion the right sort of culture for the job move it's the reason you buy your boss a gift even when your boss sucks ass you're like well here's the thing I'm trying to have a smooth time at work. So I can imagine that in a perfect setting, the restaurant would have hoped that she would have done that on her own, but they may have also been trying to mitigate problems down the road with the cooks that they were certainly underpaying. 
by saying, okay, we are going to assume you may not be feeling as generous as we think you should be. So we ourselves are going to distribute the money in a way that we think is fair. The fact that both sides got lawyers as a, as a result of this is the thing that just makes me super sad because this was an attempt to do a nice thing and it devolved to the point that now the legal system is involved. That just feels gross. But in the short answer to the question is, do I think this was fair? No. But do I do I confidently feel as though Ryan Brandt was going to take, you know, say say it wasn't four servers, say she ended up with more than eleven hundred dollars. Do I feel like of her own volition, she would have decided she was going to just bless people with some money that also worked at the restaurant? I don't know. I don't know her. Like, you know, that's something I would do, but mostly my motivation wouldn't be generosity. My motivation would be, I don't want to hear about it. And in jobs where that we have t- pooled our tips and then they show up on the paycheck, I can also tell you that managers have always, always, always skimmed off the top. At every job that that has ever been true for with me, the managers are taking a cut. And so it is a nor- it's a huge act of trust to just hand over your money and just hope that you're going to get the right amount or that they're actually going to pay you. And it is enormously, enormously frustrating when you know for certain you yourself brought in X dollars and because you're pool, it's a pooled house, you're like, cool, that bartender that's been drunk this entire shift that didn't make one cocktail just made the same amount that I did and I slung out 500 drinks or whatever. So Stuff like that is very frustrating. And so, you know, I would like to be Pollyanna about it and say everyone in the situation was probably honest and great and yay. And this was so lovely. I think the fact that lawyers are now involved sort of is the tell, right? That's all we kind of need to know is that, right. So we had to get, both sides had to get get legal counsel and send her a and d because they know the PR nightmare. So their bottom line is affected again. And that seems to be her bottom line was affected and y'all didn't seem to care all that much. And now that y'all's bottom line is being affected, now all of a sudden it's like, well, we have to lawyer up and we had to fire her. And I also think it's a pretty cowardice move to fire her, tell her the reason why, and then not be willing to respond to publications that reach out for a comment. Because you 100% as a, I don't know if Arkansas is an at-will state, but if it were California or Ohio, I can speak to both. I've worked in both they can just fire you because they they don't like your face. (laughs) They could just be like, yeah, well, today you don't have a job. Now, can you sue them for wrongful termination? Isn't way more complicated than that. Should you have documentation? Am I oversimplifying it? Sure, I am. But this is a podcast. Leave me alone. I'm not a research expert. I'm just saying in an at-will setting, you can literally just be like, deuces, you got to go. So she doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be explained to her why the job was ending. But also, but also, the timing, are you really going to try and, you know, get out of this as the restaurant and say, oh, no, completely unrelated to this PR nightmare that we are now in because she contacted Grant to tell him how we did the situation against what he had asked? Yeah, it's way too suspect. You fired her directly in relation to the fact that she spoke up. And it's gross because honestly... I don't know that I would have handled it differently. I don't know that I wouldn't have reached out to him. I don't know that I'd have the chutzpah to do that, but that's her right. That's her money. He gave it to her. 
And so, you know, the, the cooks can be pissed and the runners can be pissed, but they weren't the servers. Again, it's like they, again, the servers, the people who serve or bartend, we're the ones playing the slots. And so it's not, you're not going to have, maybe never in some career servers lives will they ever get a $4,000 tip. I certainly never have gotten anywhere remotely in that zone. And so there's the likelihood that this is going to happen for her ever again, although that GoFundMe, God bless, is but slim to none, slim to none. And so it's, I guess it's kind of like doing the scratchers at the gas station. It's like, yeah, if you win like two, three dollars, you're like, cool, I spent five, but whatever, you know, and with serving, it's like, yeah, you, you're, you're, t- your soul, you're trading your soul and your time. <laughs> so if you make $200 in a night, you're like, well, you know, traded my soul for this, but at least I'm $200 richer. <laughs> so all of that to say, I can see why the restaurant intervened because they also probably wanted to save themselves headaches across the board. I can see why Ryan got a lawyer. (laughs) I can see why Ryan is pissed. I can see why Ryan reached out to Grant and said, yo, this is what happened, especially if Grant had made it clear up top that he not only requested her to be a server, but he also called the restaurant to be clear on what the, the the tip policy was. And also, if I were Ryan, I'd be super hot if this was the only time in my many year history or f- few year history with the restaurant that this had ever happened and I had worked other big parties They just that hadn't just thrown down, what's that guy's name? Daddy Warbucks hadn't thrown down Daddy Warbucks money. What up, theater nerds? I still got you. I still got you. (laughs) But if they hadn't thrown down this kind of money before and this situation had never arisen and so she just got 100% of whatever the tips were on parties before, I would be super side-eyed. Because just because somebody gives you a ton of money as a tip doesn't mean that that's blessing the whole restaurant, particularly when he said it's not. And also, if the restaurant found $7,000, and I'm going to assume that was not $7,000 to each person, I'm going to, I feel very confident in that, although I, I should fact check that, but I'm not going to. But if the restaurant found 7K sitting around that they then distributed to the other servers or the other, not servers, I guess in this case, but the bartenders, runners, cooks, whomever else was working, yeah, this doesn't sound like you, you're you hurting financially. And that is the, the chorus, the chorus that I always hear from managers is, oh, well, labor, labor's so high, labor's so high. Y'all are pulling in a profit. I, I can't even, shut up. Most of the food, you're heating up in a bag and then you're serving it as if that's fresh meat or fresh whatever the hell. Shut up. I never, never want to hear about how labor's high again. I'll walk out. Please say it. Please say it around me. Give me an excuse to leave. I don't care about these jobs. That's not entirely true. I give too much to these jobs. Anyway, so to answer the questions that I've been asked in regards to this, and especially for... <laughs> For our for our foreign or for our overseas audience, y'all are probably like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Because I would be if I didn't understand tipping. And I still don't really totally understand tipping if I'm being completely honest. But yeah, this is a situation where I feel like tough shit. Uh, where I just kind of feel like it it was it was a bummer across the board. And 
that $100 dinner club, I'd be curious if they ever do it again or if they do, if they are going to now come with legal documentation, making sure the restaurant signs and the server signs. And also, also, when you see this dude roll through into your restaurant and you see him come in with a bunch of people, he's about to get the best service of his life all the time because he stood up for servers. He stood up. But... If the cooks find out he's in the restaurant, they may spit in his food. So it's going to be real hard for Grant to go out in Arkansas. So Grant, move your whole family to wherever the hell I end up. And if I have to wait another table, I'm going to find you. And I'm going to dinner club it up or whatever the hell so that, you know, you can hook it up. (laughs) But yeah, I would say bummer, huge bummer. And I think that at the end of the day... (laughs) It was a kind gesture that went awry. This happens sometimes. What do they say about the road to hell? You know, but I also think that in the final stages of these acts of generosity, we're getting to a place where it's got to get, you got to have people sign a paper. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what a solution would look like for this. I do respect the fact that if it is true that the, when he called, the restaurant was like, oh, okay, no problem. We'll give it to back to whomever. But the fact that he had to take what was a really lovely, fun, kind gesture and make it all of this feels like a lot. Although he might have had nefarious intentions because he made it this whole announcement and he like stopped everybody from eating and made Ryan stand up and she cried. And a big part of me hates that classist bullshit. I really do. And it gets me super hot of this, you know, oh, poor little server person. We've look at what we raised for you. Now you about to do this for me. I I will swallow what little pride I have left and I, you can class yourself all over me. I don't care. I will take the money and I will shut up. But as an outsider looking at this, this feels a little patronizing and it feels a little bit like we know that there's a really disgusting system in place where you can't have a living wage unless somebody tips you. So guess what? I'm going to give you enough for your expenses to be covered for a month and a half or if you're in Los Angeles for one week. But I I don't know. I mean, this this has layers on layers on layers as to why this is a bummer. I'm certain some of our overseas listeners are probably like, this is so fucked. (laughs) Like, why does this even have to exist? Why are all of our feel good stories getting trying to get people out of poverty who are working a job that should have be that should be paying a living wage? Like, why is our why are 90% of GoFundMe campaigns medical campaigns? Like, you know, this is the one GoFundMe that was unrelated to medicine. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that either. And that's probably a different topic for a different podcast. So I'm not your girl for that. But I will say that this did go awry. It is a bummer. And I totally understand why people had questions on this and (laughs) wanted to hear me scream about it. But I think that there was a lot that could have been done differently. I think everybody misstepped slightly in this. I don't I don't necessarily disagree with Ryan reaching out to Grant, the patron, and saying, hey, this is what happened. But also... In here, it doesn't explicitly state that she that she went back to the restaurant first, because 
and maybe this borders on extortion, but she could have gone back to the restaurant and said, hey, I'm really upset about this. This is a policy that hasn't ever existed before. I've worked other big parties. I don't understand what's going on and given them a chance to say something. And then she also could have followed it up with, "Okay, I'm going to let the patron know what happened. And if they were to if they said to her, yeah, you do that and you're fired then she could then make an educated decision and still get the same kind of press. But she would also look more like the hero and say, I went back to them and gave them an opportunity to explain it. And they didn't. So all of that to say, working in customer service is hard as fuck and waiting tables is gambling and bartending is gambling. And, you know, she gambled in one big and then it blew up in her face and that sucks. But she's now almost $19,000 richer. She apparently got hired by a restaurant right down the road. So she was working like a week later and got a shitload of press out of it. And now people are going to go to whatever restaurant she works at now, which they did not disclose the name of. I was like, that's an interesting move. But whatever restaurant she's at now, she's working hard. Bless her. It's a it's not an easy job. And I'll be interested to see if this dinner club, if there's any kind of follow up and if this dinner club ends up existing in the future, because if it were me, I would promptly quit the club and be like, I'm not dealing with this shit again. So the lesson here is don't do nice things. And the la- the larger lesson is pay people what they're worth. And then this isn't an issue. Just wrote a jam. What a good song I just wrote. Anyway, that's the only topic I'm going to cover on this because I think that this we got so many comments about it and got asked enough about it that I feel like enough of you wanted to hear about it. So that's my hot take. And um, yeah, burn it all down. Okay, thanks for listening, folks. Good night. I am actually really curious about how all of you feel about it, especially the people that don't work in the service industry, how you feel, because it is an interesting topic and it's fraught with emotion. So feel free to email us here with your thoughts and opinions or find us on the socials, servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com or servicefromhellpodcast on everything else. And let us know what you're thinking because this topic is kind of fraught and it is emotional. Okay. Okay.